You're listening to the Sioux Falls Startup Stories Podcast. On this week's podcast, we're talking with Addie Graham Kramer of the locally owned business called The Event Company. Addie's company specializes in planning corporate, nonprofit, and social events. Everything from birthday parties, fundraisers, galas, and more, Addie and her team has found success. Even though she graduated from USD with political science and criminal justice degrees, she landed a job working for the American Heart Association. She was the regional VP in four different states. She was in a powerhouse role, helping with event planning and the PR side of things and communication. But Addie has always had a heart for event planning since she was a little girl. But I remember being super young. My first event that I hosted, I was eight years old. And um, it was an after-school party right after middle school. And I rented the city hall by myself. And I had a DJ. I had catering in this small little town in about 2,000 people. And my parents had, of course, signed agreements, you know, to be able for us to even host the event. But then I charged people to get in because I had to offset expenses at eight and eight years old. And it was a success. It was so much fun. And my mom always had great birthday parties for us and they'd have people over to the house. So I just, I remember those times of events just being so much fun. You know, nobody ever goes to a party is like, oh, I don't want to be here. You know, people are so excited to be there. I can't believe she was only eight when she started planning her first event. That's the entrepreneurial spirit at its best. Um, I had a big perm and people loved to party back then, so we had a good time. Of course people love parties, especially the ones that take care of all the details and provide exceptional experiences, just like the ones Addie and her team put on consistently. But her position before the event company had status, responsibility, and big roles. It's the type of job many people would strive to reach for. I wanted to know what had Addie itching to start her own event planning company. I was traveling all the time. I was in Chicago and St. Louis and in Duluth, Minnesota and Nebraska and Fargo, all these cities all the time. And we were starting our family and we had one little guy at the time and it just, I couldn't be on the road anymore. It was just, it was draining. And it wasn't fair for my husband to raise our boy, our oldest at that time by himself or for me to be away from our family. This is a common answer for many entrepreneurs who are getting started with their business. The allure of having their time to really be theirs. But making that leap from full-time professional stability into the unknown world of entrepreneurship isn't easy. Even with all her skills and experience, wasn't she scared to just dive in? So I launched the company in 2013 and have not looked back. I knew that I was good at event planning and good on the communication side of things, and I wanted to be back in Sioux Falls. Even though I lived here, I was gone three to four nights a week, so I wasn't even here at all. And I wasn't here mentally either for my family, because I was always thinking about the next trip and the next airplane I was going to be on. People would always joke, like, where's your office at and where's your business? And I would say it's U.S. Airlines or United, because we just, I was always on the go. So launching the company in 2013, and here we are four years later. Entrepreneurs amaze me. Even though I consider myself one, I'm the definition of risk averse. I like stability and I like comfort, but there must have been something that Addie saw in the event planning space. Her company has multiple employees and they handle huge events all across the country. She must have had the vision for this before she even got started. Oh gosh, no, not at all. I thought, you know, I, I thought I would just run these events and we would just do a couple of them a year, maybe 20 or so, and just kind of help people along the way. I, 
I feel like I have been touched more than we have been a part of these other lives um, and all these nonprofits and other galas or things that we host. You know, it's pretty incredible to see where we've come over the last few years. I remember the first contract that we secured, it was a $500 contract, and I thought, oh my gosh, I made it big, right? Because it was my money, though nobody else had to earn that $500. And you go from making six figures a year to a $500 contract, I also thought, like, what the heck am I doing, right? <laughs> Can we do this? And we did it, you know? And But I never imagined we'd be where we are. You know, we've done events in 16 different states. Um, a little over 98,000 attendees have been in our events over these years. So I never dreamed that we would be where we are today, ever. $500 and she thought she hit it big. That's perspective considering where she is today. Which brings up my favorite question, success. How does Addie define success? Honestly, I don't know if I would define success as not sleeping because, <laughs> because we were so busy and we still are pretty busy, but now we've got a little bit better handle on balance. You know, I always say that being an entrepreneur, I don't feel like there is a true work-life balance. You kind of figure out what your own balance is and you make it work, right? Um, but back then, I thought, gosh, we're working 20 hours a day. This is really awesome. And we're doing things right. And I'm not gonna lie to you, there were a lot of days, and you know this too, like 20 hours was, was pretty normal back then. And um, so maybe back then, that's how I define success. Now I look at it a little bit differently and see the people that we employ that are a part of our team. And now we're investing into people instead of things, you know? So we're trying to build also these lives on our team. This gives a great glimpse into who Addie is as a person. She genuinely cares about people, her clients, her events, and her team. But in the early days, it wasn't that simple. Unfortunately, I'm all too aware of the 20-hour workday. Many listeners who run their own businesses are probably nodding their heads too. We know the grind. But it's not just us as individuals that are affected by our decision to start a company. So I wondered, what was the conversation like for Addie and her husband, Drew? probably is a little sore subject in our household because I was um, still working full-time and I worked full-time from when I told my employer about eight weeks in between telling them about the company and then leaving. But during that time frame, um, I remember my husband and I talked for a few months about it and you know talked about what it could look like and he also encouraged me and said I could do it. But to be honest, he we were living at my in-laws house in their upper level because we were in between house builds. My husband, as I mentioned before, is a builder. So he was gone, it was a Sunday night and I just pressed publish on that Facebook page. He didn't know. He had no clue I was gonna do it that night. So when I say it's a little sore subject, it's back then he thought, what the heck are you doing? Like what's happening here? Do you realize the ramifications of what you're doing? Because not only are we in my in-laws house, two little boys at that time, he's also launching his company. I thought, heck, what a better time. Let's just start it up. Um, so it was a little scary, but I think, um, from his standpoint too, he he was so supportive and still is so supportive, my gosh. But it was also from his side of like, what's gonna happen next? Like, what are we gonna do? And I also thought like, it's sink or swim too. You know, if we, like it's gonna happen and you just make it happen. Having a supportive spouse is a crucial part to getting through the early days of launching a company. And Addie is so confident and sure of herself in this venture. This sink or swim mentality is inspiring but didn't she ever doubt her abilities? 
I don't know if I ever got the, or have felt the imposter syndrome piece of it. I have felt mom guilt of not, so I don't know, I mean, that's not really the same thing, but it's not being a part of my family and who's this person that's running my household and my family. You know, like I mentioned before, my husband has truly taken the mom and dad role, kind of the lead role at our household. Um, but in the business side, no, I don't, I don't think I've ever felt like that. Addie is the first woman entrepreneur I've had the opportunity to chat with. When she mentions mom guilt, I was taken aback. Mom guilt? It was hard, and I think those first couple of years, to be honest, I did not take my kiddos to school. I didn't pick them up. Um, I would come into work early in the morning, 7 o'clock, and I wouldn't be home till 9 o'clock at night. So that was a lot of nights. Not every night, but there were a lot of nights like that because we were still in those, I mean, we still are in that building phase of the company. So I didn't get to do all those things. And even talking with a bunch of girlfriends and they would talk about doing this and picking them up at 3.30 and um, making sure they're making lunches every day. And to me, I, there were many times where I would be in tears about it because I felt like, gosh, I can't do it all. And no, I don't have a superwoman cape on and I don't think anybody has their stuff together 100% of the time. Um, but it was really hard. And I remember um, it was one night in between um, that we were headed to a soccer practice and I went to go pick up um, dinner. We just went through a quick drive through And I remember crying in that drive through um, because I had no clue what my kiddos wanted for dinner. It was really bad. And I remember that time of thinking, gosh, I don't even know what they like to eat for dinner because I wasn't home. And that was really hard the first couple of years. And that time my husband and I had to both evaluate, like, is it worth it? And not that we were thinking of um, closing up the company or things like that, but what's the new balance look like? And he decided to step back and he, from his company at that time, and I took on more and you know, tried to figure out what that balance is. And being a business owner, yes, you've got the freedom, but you also have limitations because you are, uh, you're there for your clients. And there are times where I feel like we're there for our clients, but not for my boys sometimes. But now over the last two years, I would say, because um, those first two years were really tough in that regard. But now these last two years, I've really put family first, especially in this last 12 months, you know, trying to take them to school as much as I can and be there. And we had an event on Saturday with um, somebody from Food Network, which was so awesome. And I left for a little bit in between to go to a basketball game for my little guy. You know, so we've got a good team now that can help take care of those things so I can step away and, and do those things with our family. Build a team. That's what I heard Addie saying. Entrepreneurs can't go at it alone forever. Major props to Addie and her family, especially her husband, for the support he gave during those earliest and most trying times. Mom guilt. Man, that's good. But mom guilt is real. And moms are mean to other moms sometimes about it, I will tell you. You know, they not that they're competitive, but they are just... I don't know, there were a couple moms that just were not, they're not part of my circle anymore because they didn't get it and get what I was trying to build for the company. But I'm also building a legacy for my boys. And I remember being uh, my little guy, my oldest guy is a second grader. And last year in first grade, he was the star of the week. And I remember going in that Friday and he said, my mommy makes things look pretty. She plans parties and she helps people. And to hear him say that she helps people was probably one of the best feelings ever. But he's exactly right. We work with 25 plus nonprofits and we're not making things just look pretty. We are helping them fundraise and millions of dollars over these last few years. So yeah, we are helping to make a big difference. And that's sometimes uh, hard for people to see, but my little guys can recognize that. And when we get to take them to events, they're a part of that as well. So yeah, it's a lot different now these last couple of years. That's great to hear Eddie's story of how things were and how drastically they've improved with the addition of her amazing team and a family-first focus. 
but the early days of her company were probably harder than life in the corporate world. I asked Addie if she ever compared the two lifestyles. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly, because you could put it away, right? And you could clock in and clock out. And um, yeah, I would just be able to shut the laptop up when I wanted to. And I didn't have people that I was responsible for uh, fiscally, you know, and now, or financially, now I have got people and we've got, they're supporting their families. So yeah, back then, if it was corporate's money, I'd be like, oh, whatever, you know, I'm clocking in and sure, I put in my 50 hours for corporate America and yeah, I was traveling and gone, but I didn't write their paychecks, you know? So now it's a whole different responsibility, but it's pretty awesome too, to be able to say that you're making a difference in their family too. Yeah, I 100% agree. When you're punching the clock for someone else, it's just different than punching your own clock. You have to manage your own income at every step. It can be stressful, but it's oh so rewarding. But on top of that, hiring that first employee is always a challenge. It's one thing to be in charge of your own paycheck, but being in charge of someone else's, that's scary. Yeah, that was really hard because um, I, I mean, yeah, being in management and executive management and having teams of people, I had HR, right, that would just fill out the forms and you'd just get your packet and on, you're on your merry way. I didn't know those forms to fill out or to do and to try to navigate those waters. Thank heavens my husband knew all those things. And then our CPA got on board and it was really difficult too, just mentally trying to figure out what if, right? Like what if this other client does not renew? Then am I gonna have to let somebody go? What if we failed miserably and I have to let this other person go? And that was super scary. But I also knew that my time was valuable and I was so-called the face of the company, right? So I needed to be out meeting people and capturing new business while somebody else was doing the work. You know, as a team, that's really how it happened. And we hired our first employee about seven months in. And really that person's been on, they've been with us ever since. Not that exact person, but that role has been with us ever since. So we knew early on that we had to hire. There's no way physically that I could be in that many places at once at that time. Yeah, it was scary though. And it still is, it still is scary. Today's podcast is brought to you by Web Laboratory. The average business owner spends up to 100 hours putting together their company website. Imagine 100 hours of new sales, new product research, customer experience, even 100 hours of Netflix. The possibilities are endless. But even more frustrating than the time that goes into building a website is the frustration of it not converting your visitors to customers. Web Laboratory meets the needs of small business owners to provide an easy, affordable, custom solution for your website. We listen to your needs and evaluate your budget to find a solution that works for you. Now you can get back to what you really want to do, run your business, or watch Netflix if that's your thing. Visit us online at weblaboratory.us. Yeah, we know it's not a .com, weblaboratory.us. Or find us on Facebook at We Are Web Laboratory. Addie overcame the fear of what if we fail and has been exceptional at hiring a team so she can be the face of the company. She now has five employees and works with a handful of freelancers. It's truly impressive and inspiring, but it hasn't come without its fair share of challenges. A corporate event company in South Dakota. Really? I think from our standpoint, you know, we are in the hospitality industry of um, servicing and events, and we don't have a product, you know, like a true hard product in front of you to sell. So for us, it was really sharing our story of what we do. Because in the Midwest, uh, people just 
pull up their, bats, or their bootstraps and they just do it themselves, right? So at events, you've got your executive assistant that's doing it, or you've got the marketing team that does it. You have all these employee committees that are doing it. So for us, it was really painting the picture and telling our story of why they need us. And that was a lot of obstacles in the first year. Because people thought, why? Like, because there was nobody doing what we did. You know, like I mentioned before, there was a lot of wedding planners, but not corporate. East Coast, West Coast, even in Chicago and Minneapolis, they were all over. But even in this area, they, there just wasn't that position. So we had to tell people why they needed us and to paint the picture. And it was truly a simple, Josh, of saying, you have five people from your um, HR team that are helping to plan this event. What's their salary? So we had one example. One of our organizations was spending $38,400 to plan a company picnic every year. So painting the picture, they thought, we really have messed up, right? <laughs> and it just doesn't make sense. And sure, they're still a part of the planning process. So when we work with companies, we don't take the whole equation of their employees or their employee committee as a part of planning. We just do it smarter. You know, so I'm not in their accounting team and I'm not on their marketing team, but I sure can tell you what linen prices cost. And I can tell you where the best place to get fudge for whatever you need or hiring this entertainer or this comedian. So they were spending so much time researching and trying to plan those bits and pieces that it was costing them over 38000 to plan a picnic every year. We are a do-it-yourself community, and that's not a bad thing. I see it all the time in our web design company. Small business owners are telling me that they can build their websites themselves, but they never take into account the cost of their time and their energy. And at the end of the day, building websites or planning amazing events, it's not what they're good at. I mean, thirty-eight grand on a picnic? I'd say the event company saved the day there. Eddie has done an amazing job at painting the picture about her service, why it's important, and why companies need the event company to plan their corporate events. But surely there's been more challenges than that. Yeah, it was, it, I, I take it back to that first part of our year, or our first year. Right away we had hired um, the, our first full-time person, and then shortly after that we hired a second full-time person. And at that time, this person was great. She had planned events already in the market, um, knew really the ins and outs of the event planning side of it. But we ended up um, firing one of our clients at that time. And that client paid for a full-time salary. So it was a very big client of ours. And it just was not the right fit at all for us. And I thought when we first got him, I thought, wow, this is really awesome because this was going to be an annual event and it still is an annual event. And I thought, wow, we're really going to do something big because now we are being able to pull on more uh, more clients or more employees, which can result in more clients and more production. And um, But at that point, when we had to let this other, when we had to let this client go, I had to let that employee go too. And I'm still friends with her. She does some freelance work with us still to this day, but it was difficult because this person has a child and a husband at home, and we were her primary um, primary salary as well as working full-time, and it was a difficult, difficult talk to have to have, especially so new into the, the ownership of the company and trying to navigate those waters. Um, but I knew that that client was not a right fit for us. No amount of money was going to be a right fit for us. And I think that's sometimes hard because people sometimes just do things for the money. And at that time, I think we made uh, a, a rash decision with kind of securing them as a client and thought it would work out. And it just didn't. And it just was not the right fit for us. So that was probably a really difficult time because not only did we let that person go, but the work that that person was doing, we had to um, kind of absorb with the rest of the team. So it made it harder on everyone on the team to be able to take on that person's responsibilities 
the loss of revenue, and then trying to make up that revenue for the final year or for the rest of the year was very difficult. Making a decision like that is huge. It shows a ton of character about who Eddie is as a person and as a business owner. Firing a client is not easy, but to add to the pressures of what that means for her team and her business revenue and everything in between, I gotta say, every time I hear this story, I think, wow, that's incredible. It's hard. That's hard part of being a business owner. But looking back on it now, would I do things differently? Not at all. No, it was the right decision for our company. I'm glad things worked out in the end. It's easy to look back and say what could have or should have happened. But when you can look back and say, this was the right move, that builds a huge amount of confidence in making decisions moving forward. I wanted to transition into something that Eddie and I touched on earlier, the work-life balance. It seems like a mythical thing for most entrepreneurs. There's never a one-size-fits-all solution. No, and it's not ideal. And I think for us, it's for my husband and I and our family as well as our team, we navigate those waters every day and figure out what works. And it's, we're constantly evaluating what it could look like or what we want it to look like. You know, on our team, I'll just start with our team, we do not work Fridays and we have not since really launching the company. That's a big part of what we do. I mean, we work so many days throughout the week. And like last week, for example, we were at a, on site for at least 15 hours a day for each of these events, you know? so we deserve a day off, right? <laughs> and we need it for our mental stability, but also our family needs us as well. So that Friday typically is a day of rest for us. So um, we've implemented that years ago and we still abide by that, which is really awesome. Um, but in terms of our family life, what we had to do with my husband is because he owns his own company too, trying to see what works for him and what works for us as well. He knows on days that I don't have early meetings that the kiddos are mine, which is good. Um, or if I can pick up or vice versa. But Drew has, that's my husband, he's totally taken the reins on all of grocery shopping. I'm not allowed to go because when I do, <laughs> when I do, Josh, I'll buy all these vegetables that I think I'm gonna eat that week. And now we spent $150 in veggies that I'm not home two nights a week. So I'm not allowed to go grocery shopping. But he does all of those things. I mean. He, um, he takes as much off my plate so I can help run the company and vice versa. So it is a constant uh, push, but also we make sure when I'm home, I am home. Um, that means like last night I fell asleep uh, on the couch with one of my little guys and we try to make sure that the balance with our boys is, is as much normal that they can see as well, whether that is nightly dinners, whether that's making lunches in the morning, our Sundays we try to keep open for us. And so, I mean, that's just, it's, a, it's truly a constant, I'm not going to say struggle, but it's a constant thing that we work on. Um, I don't think that will ever go away. And you figure out what works best for you. I like how she says it's not a struggle. It's just something you work on, especially if you're married. It's a team effort. I know my wife is wondering why I can't go to the grocery store. Well, honey, because we'd live off pizza and chicken patties. That's why. But really, it's about giving and taking in a way that makes sense. It's a great perspective. And it takes surrounding yourself with support, something that Addie didn't always have. There's this group of women that I was friends with in the past. And I, I mean, have you read the book Present Over Perfect at all? Okay, it is a great book. So Present Over Perfect talks about being present in the moment and those people that kind of drag you down and not necessarily they're negative all the time, but they're just time suckers and kind of getting rid of those people that do not add, um, add to your life. 
And those, it's not just women, but there's males in there as well. I've really just had to separate completely. And it is hard, believe me. Things like social media and you see birthdays pop up or time hop or all these things where you have these moments with these people. It is super emotional because they're not a part of your life. But thinking ahead of what did that person add benefit to your life? Did they or did they not? And in the moment, it was hard, believe me. And to say, you know what, I just think this is, we're just in different spots of our life and just moving on from there. But also I will tell you that it fuels me to do better. And those people that were time suckers or just negative Nancys and saying, you can't do this and you're a bad mom and you, what do you mean? You don't pick them up after school? You know what, it makes me push harder and do better at what we do, whether it's personally or professionally. It makes me wanna say, there you go, see you later and watch me. It sounds like a bad breakup, but this concept shouldn't be new. Don't surround yourself with people who bring you down. That's easier said than done. Another major win for Addie's character. I don't know, it just drives me to do better and to kind of show them that I can do it. And not that, like I said before, I don't have a super cape on by any means, but I try to do the best at all that we can. But I've also learned the power of saying no over the years. Um, John Meyer actually just wrote a little thing on LinkedIn yesterday about this, about saying no to people. And it took me a long time to say no, especially as a new entrepreneur. You start your company, you're like, yes, 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 and I will do this and I'll do whatever. And you always want to be everywhere and be a part of different things. And over the last couple of years, too, I've learned to say no and to step back. Because if I say yes to somebody else, if I say yes to a, being on a board of directors, for example, then I'm saying no to my soccer games with my kids. Or I'm saying no to date night with my husband on a Friday night. So it's things like that where I've learned who and how I can say yes or no to those people. So I've really learned that balance over the years. But that power of saying no also came from those people that said, nope, you can't do this, and the time suckers. The power of saying no. My wife is listening, nodding her head right now. I'm a yes man through and through, and it's bit me in the ass. It's not an easy advice to follow through, especially when you're hungry for work and you're trying to figure out the world of running a business. Eddie mentions John Meyer, the owner of a design shop here in Sioux Falls called Lemonly. He was actually featured on our podcast on episode one. Go take a listen. It's worth it. Finally, Eddie shares some advice for up-and-coming entrepreneurs. My biggest piece of advice would be find some people um, that are unlike you to connect with. And when I say unlike you, I mean don't find people in your same industry. Yeah, it's always nice to talk shop with those people, but find people that are unlike you that will challenge you. Um, I have found that in, I have friends that are in the healthcare industry, I have friends that are in tech, and I will tell you, those are not my areas of, of strength at all. If I see blood, I will faint. <laughs> I know nothing, I had to pretend to code something the other day, and I had to YouTube this little thing on how to do a bold coding thing of something, like I don't know tech industry at all. But I will tell you, those people, have challenged me in so many different ways and asked questions that I wouldn't think of asking my own self as we're growing the company. Um, whether it's how to track time for your staff or uh, what does it look like in the next couple of years or why do, you, why do you do these things? So finding people that are unlike you will help challenge you in so many different ways. I think we always get stuck in the rut of, oh, I'm gonna just tuck shop with somebody else that does the same thing or similar to what I do and maybe gain some insight and, we could just pass, pass around different things, but it's the people that are unlike you that really challenge you. So that would be my biggest piece of advice. And I did not take that advice. Well, nobody told me it, but I just kind of learned it along the way. But if I would have learned that, I think when I first launched, um, maybe things would be different. But I think um, finding those people that are unlike me, I've, I've really come to appreciate what they do as well. As we wrap up, Eddie tells me the event company is growing and expanding like crazy. New markets lead to exciting times. All of this comes with a new set of challenges and a new set of experience. 
If anyone is the right person for the job, it's Addie all the way. You can find Addie and her company online at www.TheEventCompanySD.com. Next week, we'll be talking to the wireless king, Kevin Tupi. Uh, it was rough. It was rough on the marriage. This is not an episode you'll want to miss. <laughs>